Hello and welcome back to the Brew Interviews, the only podcast that prefers Picard over Kirk. And for those of you confused, it's fine, Star Trek blows anyway. I am Robbie and joining me as always via the internet is my best friend Lauren. It is episode 113 and this week we take your beloved songs that meant so much to you and then ruin it because we'll tell you what the song is really about. This week on the Brew Interviews. Brew Interviews, Coast to Coast, Brews, Faves, and more with Lauren and Robbie. This episode of the Brew Interviews is sponsored by Shirts on Tap, the monthly craft beer t-shirt subscription box, but you'll hear more about them later on in the show. For now, Lauren, how you been? Well, Robbie, I have been just dandy. I've actually gotten to spend a whole lot of time with you lately, which is so much fun. I've been having a blast with it. Um, although, uh, so I, I bought a GameCube off you and you helped me find a cheap, cheaper game of Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's Mansion. And I went to go play it last night and I don't have a fucking memory card, Robbie. (laughs) So (laughs) I might have an extra you can have. Don't worry. All right. All right. Well, and if you don't, then can you help me find a memory card? Because I was (laughs) like, well, God damn it. I didn't even think about that when I sold it to you. I should have just given you... I, I have plenty of memory cards. I should have just thrown one in there. I totally forgot. I didn't even think about it. It's A memory card is like, you don't think about it at all. It's antiquated now. It's yeah, you don't anymore, have so. to. It, you can just save everything on the console. Like, I would never yeah. have to think to buy a memory card for anything, except for, like, my computer, maybe. But, like... Although, I, I do have to buy a hard drive for my Xbox. Because you got new a lot systems. of games. Yeah, the new systems, you have to have, like, extended memory, but it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not, that's like different. It's not like no, a yeah, memory it's not a card. little memory card that you stick in the console. Although I did love memory cards as a kid because you could take that memory card to your friend's place. Yeah, that was plug nice. Plug it into their system. That was nice. I did like awesome. that. Um, yeah, so I just played it until like I died and then I'll just get back to that point <laughs> when I get a memory card, you know, so yeah, it's fine. I was just getting the hang of a game because I hadn't played it since I was a kid and it was like a, a, a like one of those example games like the test games a demo game yeah thank you i like couldn't think of the word (laughs) a demo game in like the eb GameStop store that was that was like downstairs in the colony mill i would just go down there and play because my parents had a store there it's one of the best games ever yeah it's it's awesome i'm excited to continue playing it but robbie how have you been i'm good i i smoked some ribs Yum. This past week. Sounds delicious. It was kind of a tester because the first time I smoked ribs, I mean, it's like a five hour process, five, six hours. Oh yeah, for sure. And the first time I did it, I smoked it for a little too long because you don't want a rib to just fall apart when you pick it up. You want it to still be on the bone a little bit. You want to be able to clean the bone, Yeah. but not have it fall off. I agree and with I that. And I fucked that up the first time. All right. Well, what did the it second do the first time, time? The first time I just cooked them for way too long. And it just was like totally falling apart. It was still delicious, but yeah. yes, it was falling but apart. But it wasn't what it was a co- the consistency you wanted. Yeah, you didn't have a bite to it. <clears throat> yeah, this I time, like nice I got it right. Oh yay! I got it right. I got it right. So Are you gonna smoke me some ribs sometime? I uh, you have to earn that. Oh, I'll buy the ribs. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> All right, great. <laughs> so, Lauren, what are you drinking this week? Uh, well, Robbie, I am so excited because I have been sipping on this and it is absolutely fucking delicious. Um, I went to the beer store in Nashua. I think it's called the beer store. Why were you why were you not sure about that? <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if it was the, the beer store. I wasn't sure if it was the beer store or the beer shop. Um it's the same thing. No, it's different. 
I think it's the beer How's store. It because that's it's the name. It's either Oh, sh- the physical name. The, yeah, is the actual the name of the store is the beer store. Oh, the way you said it, I was like, it's yeah, it's a beer store. Yeah, like, the beer store. No, the about? beer store or <laughs> the beer shop. I think it's the okay. beer store. So they're on like Amherst Street in Nashua. They're essentially like the packy of Nashua, if you will. Yeah. But not as good as the packy, but yeah. Uh they're pretty good. Um, you shut your mouth. <laughs> so I went in there uh, quickly to like scope out what they had, and I picked up a psychedelic love plethora of fruit from Ooh. Branch and Blade Brewing Company. And I am so excited because all I've gotten is their electric love, and I've seen these psychedelic loves and like the other like uh, kind of spurs of the electric love series all over social media and i never got them because there was a fucking pandemic and now i finally have it and it's the most delicious beer i have put in my <laughs> mouth and the actually well, i've had some pretty good beers lately but this is fucking delicious <laughs> it's basically just a bunch of fucking fruit like in a can and it's with i i don't know it's got the biggest floaty flavor flakes do you see this on the bottom they always do they always got chunks on i there. think it's marshmallow it tastes like Lucky Charms in a blended popsicle. Okay, it's got that lactosey. Ah, uh, but it doesn't taste it, like it's sweet, but it doesn't have that lactosey. Like you can't like. I know there's lactose in here, but like it doesn't taste like lactose. Yeah. Well, then maybe I might enjoy it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's thick as a motherfucker, and it's fruity and delicious, and I love it. Robbie, what are you drinking? Well, it's ironic that you're drinking a brewery in Keene, New Hampshire. Yeah. Because tonight I am drinking Double Sunrise from Modest Man Brewing in Keene, New Hampshire, our hometown. Basically, Branch and Blades competitors. Uh, Double Sunrise is a double IPA at 8.4% with Citra and Vic Secret Hops. I like Vic Secret Hops. I don't know if I've strictly had Vic Secret Hops, but I have had this beer before. I bought two of them from the Packy in Manchester, New Hampshire, because I wanted to have one on the episode. And it is fucking delicious. Oh, good. I love Branch and Blade, and I love Modest Man, Same. but Modest Man does what Branch and Blade doesn't, and which that's is nice. perfect. Yeah, exactly. Which is perfect. The IPA, which is like these juicy, delicious IPAs. I mean, they look, have, look at that bitch. Uh, Modest Man is much more focused in their beers. Like they do like six beers, and they do them, and they like keep them. Yes, and then they do well. Branch and Blade just never has the same beer. Ever. No, they're 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 like they're like if ADHD was a brewery, just like oh let's do this but and this and this and this. But that's like, like okay, go that's for like it. what they wanted to be as a brewery. Yeah. They just wanted to be an experimental brewery, that's so fine. they do these experimental lines, and then they're done with them and they move on. Like I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm yeah. just saying I like nice no, I like the con- that's what I'm saying is I like the contrast between Branch and Blades brewing identity and modest man's brewing identity because yeah. they're both really good breweries that brew good beer. So I'm happy about it either way. Unfortunately, this can of Double Sunrise, the seam of the label is like right in front. Oh no! Of the, so I was like, God damn it! It's gonna make a weird picture, but it's whatever. It's, whatever. it's a delicious beer. Yeah, we're drinking good beers tonight, Robbie. So let's talk about some good songs. Some of them are good songs. Yeah, some. Moving on to the main topic for tonight, I think we have all been here before, where you put on a song that really jams, it really makes you want to dance, or perhaps even reminds you of a happy memory in your life. Only to realize that the song is actually about, I don't know, getting addicted to meth. Or perhaps about a man aggressively stalking his ex-wife. And it just kind of it ruins it for you. Or it makes it better. 
It could actually make it better. Yeah. Luckily, here at the Brew Interviews, we took the time to find some of our favorite examples of these misunderstood songs and the real meanings behind them. Before we start, Lauren, I want to ask you, out of the ones that we researched, I know which ones you did. Were any of these news to you? Was any of this like new information where you're like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, some of them were. Some yeah. of them were uh, new information to me. It doesn't change my opinion of the song at all. Yeah. Um. Actually, because I really enjoy, like, one of the things I really enjoy about music is knowing the meaning behind songs. So See, I'm, I'm the opposite. <laughs> I'm constantly, I'm I, because I listen to lyrics like of every thought, every song. Like we've talked about on the yeah. show before. Like I'll Google lyrics, and so if I'm reading the lyrics, I'm like, huh. So I'll Google meanings of songs. So a lot of these I already knew because I I yeah. looked them up on my own or I had like heard it and like looked it up. So there are a couple that surprised me. Um, but I, yeah, I knew, I knew a bunch. What about you? So for me, yes, some of these did kind of spoil songs for me. Oh, one no. in particular, but I can't remember which artist it was. One, one singer I like said something about the fact that when they create a song or when anybody creates a song and it goes out into the public, that song no longer belongs to them. It means something different to everybody yep. who listens to that song. Yeah. So while technically... Yes, certain songs mean certain things to the writer. But once it goes out in the it public, it's whatever it means to you. You're probably thinking about Randy Newman. No, that no. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Newman's Randy Newman's is a whole different story. Oh, no, I didn't do any Randy no- Newman songs, oh, okay. but we can talk about there it. There is a Randy Newman song that's like that. So, uh, I think I'll start first. Mm-hmm. If that's okay. Mm-hmm. First up, we have the song Fortunate Son. I love by this song. Credence Clearwater Revival, released in 1969. Everybody knows, I ain't no fortunate son, y'all. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's super, super recognizable. Uh, the song is normally mistaken for being super patriotic and used to celebrate basically being American. Really? Okay, so I know, like, I know what this song is about, so. Yeah, but you're not the average person. I know, that... I know. <laughs> I Thank you, Robbie. But in, but in fact, the song was about opposing the Vietnam War and how there were certain fortunate in quotes, people who are being sent to fight because, or who are not being sent to fight in Vietnam because of their position in life. Right, like, your daddy's a senator and shit. Yeah, which it, which is displayed in the lyrics a lot. Um, a few times he says, he says, I ain't no senator's son. In yep. one of the lyrics, he says, I ain't no fortunate one, mm-hmm. and I ain't no millionaire's son. Correct. Which, which is, I mean, it sounds about right, but a lot yep. of people think it's super patriotic. Yep. And they play it in weird situations. Like at Trump rallies. So, lead singer of CCR, John Fogarty, sent a cease and desist letter yep. to Donald Trump uh, because he was using the song in his campaign. And he's like, fuck you, that's not what it's for. Exactly. Uh, Fogarty had to reiterate the fact that Trump never served in the military because of a draft deferment, because his, basically because his daddy was rich. Yeah, and he, he, he had was a pussy. chin splints. Yeah, he was a pussy. Something that wrong with his it. toe or something. But it is kind of funny when people bring up this song to be super patriotic and American. And I'm like, I don't think that's what that means yeah <laughs> all right lauren moving on what's yours all right robbie my first one is the macarena hey, macarena yeah uh, uh from los del rio uh the song came out in 1993 uh i don't know about you but this song has so many nostalgic memories for me this everybody was say... doing the macarena <laughs> i wouldn't say good nostalgic everybody but like if the macarena came on you know how to do the macarena yeah, yeah, vaguely. Yeah, we, so at my school, Chesterfield, shout out, 
The entire school went out on the front lawn and did the Macarena all at the same time together. That sounds like the dumbest thing ever. It was the gayest thing I've ever done in my whole life. I think it turned me. That's what did it. Um, The Macarena turned me. Yeah, the the group Macarena on the front lawn. That's what did it. Um, It was about that age. So um, this song is uh, rhythmically, it sounds great, right? But it's actually about a woman who cheats on her boyfriend with his two best friends. Uh, While he is being drafted into the army. Isn't that crazy? That is. And (laughs) they had elementary school kids dancing to this on the front lawn. I understandably. This chick getting DP'd by her her fucking boyfriend's best friends. We're foreigners to this song. It's not our native language. So understandably, it makes sense why we would misinterpret it. Mm -hmm. Unless you spoke Spanish. That makes sense. It makes It makes you really think about the hand movements like of the I, dance now like um, whose hand is who's going where you know what i mean we're touching touching butts i think i think if this, all around actually i was gonna say <laughs> if this song came out nowadays when the internet was more prevalent i think they wouldn't have gotten away with as famous as it was i agree i well okay so i, I think I it would that blend first, in too much with all the other weird shit out there i think only because of size gangnam style yeah. Got away with everything, and there's plenty of internet, and they could have translated. Yeah. And that still got away with being super popular, so maybe maybe it wouldn't have gone away. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But Who it's knows? crazy to think of that that song was so popular, and it's about that. Eh, Macarena. Oh, yeah. And the, the girl's name is Macarena. So. Yes, yeah. exactly. Just Which to is a horrible name. Yeah, well. Can you no name, your first, name your first daughter Macarena? Ma- Macarena. You're named after a 90s fad. <laughs> a 90s fad. Oh, no. What about you, Robbie? What's your next one? All right, my next one. This one hit me the hardest because I've never actually looked into it, but I loved this song as a kid, which sounds weird. And that is This Land is Your Land by Woody Guthrie. I love Woody Guthrie. Uh, it came out in 1940. Well, he wrote it in 1940. I believe he actually produced it in like 44 or 43 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. So the story goes, Woody Guthrie was sick and tired of hearing God Bless America being played on the radio all the time. So he wrote basically his sarcastic Americana version of the song of his own, bringing about the fact that this land really wasn't for you and me. Yes. Uh, There are two more verses to the song that got left out and is basically now used as an alternative to the national anthem, which is funny because he wrote it sarcastically. Yeah. About making, like how not it's making not fun really... of America, but yeah, but just saying that hey, you don't own anything that you're on anymore. There is no this land is your land. You know this is this is the government's land. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I fucking like it. Like it hurt me in my heart a little bit, but also I was like, okay, I kind of get it now. And the two lyric, the two um, verses that were left out, you're like, oh wow, that's weird. <laughs> uh, so I, I knew about this song. Yeah, this one, this one kind of gut punched me. Yeah, so sorry, okay. Robbie. This land is your land. I don't really actually hear this song too much anymore. No, I don't either. And it's a really good song. Like We used to sing it in elementary school all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like but it's kind of like one know. of those old, good old songs that's like faded out. I guess so. Which is sad because it's a good song. Yeah. We should, we, should, we should get it going again. I don't know. All right, go ahead. <laughs> is it my turn? Again. It's my turn. Go ahead, Lauren. What's your next one? All right, my next one is Blackbird from the Beatles. Uh, which was released in 1968. 
so anyone listening to the song would probably think that it's like about a blackbird with a broken wing, right? And they're trying to get it to learn to <laughs> kinda, fly kinda. again. Um, but actually, it was written about the Little Rock, Arkansas, Arkansas school system. You know what I'm talking about? The Arkansas? Yep. Arkansas. <laughs> It was about the Little Rock Nine. Little, yes, it's about the the Little Rock Nine. Uh, in 2018 interview, uh, McCartney, McCartney, right? That's how you say it. Paul McCartney. McCartney. Yes. I almost I wanted to say McCarthy, and I was like, no, that's not. <laughs> that's right. a different guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 2008, Paul elaborated uh, on just how enamored the Beatles were the civil right ci- with the civil right movement happening across the pond. Civil uh, rights movement. That's what I said. <laughs> said civils so god damn it robbie um i got the idea of using a blackbird as a symbol for a black person i wasn't Mm -hmm. necessarily a black bird but it works uh that way much when you call girls birds uh so it wasn't it wasn't exactly a euphemism for a bird it's literally like they're talking about the civil rights movement so yeah yeah um yeah the term bird hasn't aged well i don't think anybody calls girls birds anymore no um, yeah, the Little Rock Nine was the, for those of you that don't know, was the group of black students that basically like wanted you to go to just the normal public school. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. And they just went. I think you're right. The National Guard was called like to yeah, like, protect day. them. It, it was crazy. Yeah. Cause yeah. it was Arkansas. Yeah. So <laughs> Arkansas Beatles, now is fucked up. The Beatles were just like, so like, uh, Enamored. mesmerized by our civil rights movement that they wrote Blackbird about it. Yeah. Even though England can't really be any hoity-toity about that kind of stuff. No, well, they they, the Beatles were always about like, yeah, they were, they were and, peace and love. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. So they probably, yeah. they, you know, go Beatles. Except fucking, fucking Lennon. Uh, just, well, he's a, just go. He broke up the Beatles. All right. My next one. <laughs> Yoko. Yoko did it. Fucking Yoko. Fucking Yoko. John Lennon. Okay. My next one is the song closing time by the Semisonics. came out in 1998. Everybody knows it. Closing time, blah, 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 blah. We might play a clip right here. Yep. Most commonly thought to be a song basically about a bar at last call and kind of the, the routine you would go through. with somebody that they love. Exactly. Just kind of like the routine you would go through at the end of the night. Oh, that's gross. Taking someone home. You decide you can't stay here. Go do it somewhere else. But in fact, the song <laughs> was about the birth of the lead singer, Dan Wilson's child. Correct. And it's hinted through this through some of the lyrics we have every new beginning comes from some other beginnings end basically talking about birth yeah like and like and like go that. out in the world i'm sorry yeah i was gonna that. say the next lyric yeah. is let you out into the world yep to the places kind of you, you will be from the places you will be from like it kind of makes sense the more you listen to it but it's also just a really fun song i love this song yeah luckily the alternative they're the real meaning as opposed to the alternative meaning isn't sad or depressing or anything yeah yeah that's <laughs> true good. like it doesn't ruin the good. song for you or anything which is yeah which is kind of far and few between with some of these choices yeah yeah i love i knew that because i had somebody had said that to me like in college or something so i like looked it up to to see what it yeah. was so like i knew that one too but yeah that's the only song i know by them so uh, let's see oh they have one other one no, that's a different band. Never mind. <laughs> they have they have no other songs. I was thinking of Eve Six or something like that. I don't know um, what the fuck that is. <laughs> yeah, never mind. This era of music just kind of fucking blends together sometimes. I love the '90s alternative rock scene. Yeah, it was my weird. favorite. All right, Lauren, how about 
What do you got next? All right. I have Hey Ya from Outcast. Hey, hey Ya. Yes. 2003, the song came out. Uh, well, we were all too busy singing Shake It Like a Polaroid Picture and wiggling our fingers. That was my favorite. Everyone did this. I was playing basketball. I was in like eighth grade or something when the song came out. It must have been, or it was popular then. I think it was probably on the Now City of that time. I'm sure. Um, but it, during basketball practice, like a bunch of the girls were always going like this, like, because that song would come on when we were warming up. <laughs> Nobody at home can see me, but I'm wiggling. I'm putting my hand. I'm doing yes, the hand, yeah. the hand wiggle dance. But. If you read between the lines, you realize that the song is actually uh, about a profoundly unhappy marriage. You don't even need to read between the lines. You just read the lyrics. Yeah. Well, or just read the lyrics. I guess yeah. that that's true. <laughs> um, so the song thanks uh, mom and dad for sticking through together because we don't know how. Right. Uh, and we never get the full picture of why and how this relationship is like so miserable but there are hints like uh separate always better or separate's always better um uh and then like being in denial like we know we're not happy here like i know we're not happy here yeah it, it was basically talking about the fact that even if you're you know sad in your relationship you need to stick together regardless yeah, of the but of what's happening but that's stupid and that's not the way it should be. It's like a parody almost. No, yeah, but that's that's kind of what it was saying. Like it, he, it's it's trying to like break the the tra- roles of traditional like relationships. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even in the song, he goes like, uh, I think he says, um, uh, "You won't hear what I'm saying. Like you're too busy dancing. Like something like yeah, that." Yeah. So he, he knows it, like people weren't gonna know. What no, the song he put was it to about. a he put it to a good beat and rhythm. To where people yeah. wouldn't even recognize what he was talking about. And yeah, he does say in the exact song saying, you're not even listening to my l- words. Yeah. Just shut up and yeah. dance. He basically. like knew. He knew. And yeah. like he he was like, this is going to be, you know, it's going to. Yeah. Which which you can't blame people for not understanding sometimes. Because if you're going to create a song like that, you know what you're doing. Yeah. And you're hiding it on purpose. So yeah. when they come and out he like and say, calls out that he does it. So. Yeah, exactly. But like later on when they come out, they're like, you guys didn't even know what I was talking about. I'm like, yeah, because we just wanted to hear a, a fun song. Yeah. And we don't want to dive sometimes, too deep in it. So I, sometimes I the artist, artist like that. doesn't want to tell what it's about. So they're just yeah. like, go ahead and interpret it however you want, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Before we move on to our next one, we're going to take a quick ad break from our friends over at Shirts on Tap. Today's sponsor is Shirts on Tap. Shirts on Tap. Shirts. Shirts on Tap. Hey, hey, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Clearly, you are in alternate universe, Robbie, where you're a hipster douchebag and you're into EDM and auto-tuning. But everybody loves auto-tune. No, 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 they really don't. So shut the fuck up while I tell our listeners about our amazing new sponsor, Shirts on Tap. But T-Pain is my hero. Wow. Alternate Universe Robbie is way more fucked up than regular Robbie. I have abandonment issues. And sometimes I wear women's clothes. Jesus Christ. But not in a creepy way. You know what? I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go. Do things away from you. Why is everybody always leaving me? Today's sponsor is Shirts on Tap. Shirts on Tap is a shirt-based subscription box. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, but Robbie, why on earth would I want to get one shirt every month? Why? Why, you ask? Because Shirts on Tap works directly with independent craft breweries and designers to create custom and unique works of art each month and then slaps that shit on a fucking shirt. And guess what? Once that month is over, 
that shit goes in the fucking vault like a goddamn Disney movie. And when you do sign up, you can choose from seven awesome beer cities and change it each month depending on which shirt you want. And did I mention you can also choose from six different styles of shirts? If you're like me, you get a nice crew neck. Or maybe you're one of those weird people who wear tank tops all the time. You can get one of those too, I guess. And the best part is, it's just $24 a month. Shipping is free, and there are no contracts. Which means you can end the relationship whenever you want. Just like Lauren's ex-wife. So go get some awesome and customized shirts featuring independent craft breweries when you join the club today at shirtsontap.com. And be sure to use our promo code BREWINTERVIEWS, all one word, to get $10 off your first box. That's promo code BREWINTERVIEWS for $10 off your first box. Cheers. And we are back from our ad break. Moving on to the next song. We have Totally Clips of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler, released in 1983. Popularized in the 80s. Totally Clips of the Heart, or as I like to call it, T-E-O-T-H. Yeah. Was thought to be a song of love and love lost. But in fact, writer Jim Steinman had written Total Eclipse of the Heart for his vampire musical called Nosferatu. I love that. The original song title was Vampires in Love. Oh, so cute. Isn't and that the best? Like the the <laughs> isn't the music video like isn't Meatloaf in there with like some crazy like opera gear? Uh Meatloaf, yeah, I think he he might be in it. He's definitely in it. Yeah. Because he's the guy, uh, he's the dude. Yeah. Uh, Steinman, in an interview with Playbill, said, Total Eclipse of the Heart. I was trying to come up with a love song, and I remembered I actually wrote that to be a vampire love song. Its original title was Vampires in Love because I was working on a musical called Nosferatu. If anyone actually listens to the lyrics, they're really like vampire lines. It's they all about really the are. darkness, the power of darkness, and love's place in the dark. Which is great because I never, I never knew this. I never really paid attention. I guess. I mean, it, this... I, you, you can, you can kind of tell that it's like a dark love song. Like kinda, it feels yeah. very. But not like... about vampires. <laughs> I don't know. I guess you not. didn't know it was no, about vampires. No, no, Shut not... the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't know it was about vampires, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Like now that you tell me, like I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah, that's hindsight, but yeah, 2020, it's, my it's... friend. It's just kind of funny how this love song what we all thought was actually about a vampire yeah, musical. I thought it was about an opera guy because this is my favorite in like one. an opera outfit in the music video. So oh, yeah, this is this is my favorite one. I love. Yeah, it <laughs> was a vampire a because you know how common vampire musicals are. So common. So common. All right, Lauren, what's your next one? All right, my next one is Possession by Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, Sarah McLaughlin. She, she helps the. Wait, does she do the? Yeah. She the does pets the sad or is it the humans? Sad animals. Okay. She does the sad animals. It's definitely Sarah okay. McLaughlin. We had this discussion. I got it wrong last time. And then I texted you afterwards. And it's like, fuck. Sarah <laughs> McLaughlin. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so Possession came out in 1993. And this is like a song people use at like their weddings and shit. It's supposed to be like a beautiful love song or like sounds like a beautiful love song. Uh, but the song was actually inspired by her reaction to two deranged fans, both of whom had uh, concocted a fantasy in which they were already in a relationship with her. Uh, one of these fans sued McLaughlin in 1994, alleging that his love letters to her had been the basis of possession. He had written and sent her love poems, although there's no direct 
contact between uh, like connection between those poems and the like lyrics mm-hmm. um but the lawsuit never went anywhere because he committed suicide in 1994 oh um, so happy ending uh <laughs> in in an interview with rolling stone uh three years later mclaughlin said that um said and this one person wasn't the only guy there were a lot of letters from other people saying the same kind of thing writing the song possession was very therapeutic uh she also stated that since the release of possession she stopped getting stalker type fan letters which she was grateful for Um, that's good and also also became irrelevant so it's okay (laughs) Well, that's true. Her songs are beautiful, though. Um, and another another song that's similar to that, that's also about being stalked, is uh, One Way or Another by Blondie. One way or another. I'm gonna find song. you. I'm well, that gonna one's get obvious, you, get you, get you, get you. <laughs> that one's super obvious. Yeah, that's about being stalked. So Yeah. yeah. Nice. How about you? What's, what's the next one that you have? Uh, my next one is a very popular one that probably everybody knows, and that is Good Riddance by Green Day. You betcha came out in 1997. Good Riddance, or more commonly known as Time of Your Life, is an unmistakable song that popped up constantly at graduations, memorials, and even funerals. You betcha. The song was thought to convey cozy reflections of past glories, but in fact is a song about a bitter rebuke to the lead singer's former lover, hence the actual name of the song, Good Riddance. Yep. This is, It's a good song, but I, I, I knew there was a different meaning to the song than what came off yeah i think i i knew i knew that also like this one's one that i've known for a while yeah his like girlfriend he like wrote it because his girlfriend like left him to go to like puerto rico or something like ecuador ecuador yeah (laughs) ecuador but like but like when i first heard it i thought it was weird to hear it at graduation yeah i agree because i'm like there's some other meaning to this that we're not understanding yeah and now now i know it's like a good background one but like it's not if you like listen to the actual meaning yeah, it's exactly. a good song. song. I like the song. Yeah, the song the song's super funny. I know I remember I would be in the car with one of my friends back when I was stationed in California. And every time we would hang out and we were in the car together, this song would come on the radio. It's so weird. And it was just like this is fucking weird. Did you have like a friend that liked that? Like it like no. it's like a ghost. It was just it would just come on the radio, and then when any other song came on the radio, I would start singing "Good Riddance" instead, <laughs> and he would nice. just get pissed off. But that's a totally different. I like it. I like it. <laughs> but um, yeah, Green Day has news. another one that's like misunderstood. A little um, bit, yeah. The "Wake Me Up When September Ends." Yeah, it's about his dad passing yeah. away. Yeah, <laughs> at the end of the and and people just keep bringing it up. Yeah, how dramatic! Like, let's bring up like wake up the Green Day guy. It's like no, Cause dude. What? Because people don't know. Yeah, like listen. It's really sad if you listen to the lyrics. Yeah. And and yeah, it was did. like timed with nine eleven, so like some people think it's like around then. Uh, oh, because the album uh, came out like that month, I think, yeah. or like close or in. It came out in. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. But yeah, go to Reddit's by Green Day. Lauren, what's your last one? I believe. Uh, I think this is my last one. No, I have two more. Um. So oh, yeah. this is the one that kind of shook me a little bit. And I, ac- I was shooketh. Um, it hasn't ruined the song for me at all, but it actually just clarifies, like, because I don't think I've ever really understood what the song was about. Um, so Slide from the Goo Goo Dolls. Yes. Yes. So this song came out in 1998. Uh, <clears throat> Slide, it's not a love ballad. Uh, rather, it's a story about an unplanned pregnancy. 
uh, in a 2018 interview celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Dizzy Up the Girl album. Uh, the lead singer said that I was thinking a lot about the neighborhood I grew up in. Uh, Slide is about a teenage boy and girl. They're trying to figure out if they're going to keep the baby or if she's going to get an abortion or if they're just going to run away. They're dealing with these heavy life choices at that very early age. Everybody grew up too fast. Um, in the lyrics, uh, don't you love the life you killed? The priest is on the phone. Your father hit the <laughs> wall. Your ma disowned you. Uh, I think that now that that's pointed out, that's pretty clear. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was basically it was basically revolved around abortion and basically him telling her, hey, if you had an abortion, it's okay. We'll get through this. Like, let it slide. Like, we're going to be okay. Which is kind of like the basis behind this. I didn't know the name of this song. I know the song, but I didn't know the name of the song. So I had to look it up. I looked it up on YouTube. And I was like, now that I know what it's about, I looked through the comments on YouTube and I was like, people just don't know. Yeah. And I actually took some uh, a couple of snips of some of the comments that I found on YouTube. And my favorite one so far is under this song, basically about abortion and moving on. This guy says, for females, if I play this for you on the guitar and sing it to you, is this a good thing? No. <laughs> and everybody's like, always, you play me some guitar and you got a piece of my heart. Like all these girls are just like, of course, this song's amazing. And one guy's like, I'm a dude. And if you play it for me, it's a good thing. That's weird. They have no clue. I commented on this thread. Did and you? And I was like, you guys, I did. I was like, you guys know this song is about like abortion and helping her move on from it, right? Nobody said anything yet, but I'm waiting. All right. We'll need an update next week, Robbie. <laughs> My last song is I'm Not Gonna Write You a Love Song by, by Sarah, Sarah Bareilles. Ba- ba- is it Bareilles? Bareilles? Bareilles. It's spelled weird. I don't like the way it's spelled. Sarah but... Bareilles. I love her and I love, I love her. It came out in 2007. Most people paid no attention to the lyrics of this song and assumed that when she said, I'm not going to write you a love song, referred to her just basically not lingering on a past relationship. She's not going to, she's not going to write you a love song. She's not going to worry about you. She's not going to try to get you back. The only reason that you want to be with me is a love song. Fuck you. There you go. However, the lyrics are basically quite literal. Sarah's record label made her do quote unquote horrible co-writing sessions to create new songs. Sarah states that she wasn't able to be authentic during those sessions. However, no one at the record label actually ever said the exact words, we want you to write a love song. But it was heavily implied while she was trying to make these new songs. Ironically, I'm Not Gonna Write You a Love Song is her most popular song of all time. (laughs) I like this song. It's a fine song. I love Sarah Bareilles. Her song Gravity is one of my favorites. Oh, boy. I never cared to look into the meanings of this song because, you know, she's not really... Yeah, I knew I knew this one. I like heard like an MTV thing about it when it came out or something. So I I knew the 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 lowdown on it, you know. All right, Lauren, what is your last one? All right, Robbie, my last one is Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. I was born. All right. This came out in 1986. uh, And most people think that it's a patriotic song about American pride when it's actually casting a shameful eye on how America treated its Vietnam veterans. Um, True. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So it has to do less with American pride and more with uh, Vietnam shame. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) More with America shame than Uh, Vietnam. Born in the USA is the antithesis of the American dream-chasing optimism 
that listeners construe the rock number as the song captures the desperate feelings of working class citizens in post-Vietnam America. Springsteen explains that the song's protagonist is isolated from the government, isolated from his family, uh, to the point where nothing makes sense. It's kind of like Fortunate Son. It just kind of yeah. has that. Yeah, it's that era. Of... It's a very patriotic, like go get them song. That <laughs> yeah. with like the opposite, like I satirical meaning, like lyrics. To be fair, those the the songwriters can't complain about how their song is treated when they write it like that in no, a certain way where it's yeah. so catchy. <laughs> I think that that Bruce Springsteen should like contribute all of his like fate, like popularity of the song on the misunderstanding of it. Oh, 100 percent. He's he's crazy pants. So yeah, I want to. Have you heard his podcast with Obama? No. I want to hear it. I want to listen to it so bad. Oh my god! I want to read his book. Like he wrote his. Yeah, he did. I almost bought it the other day. And basically, like edited his own book. So it's like kind of like wackadoo, but I kind of want to read it. He's fun. I went to Hershey Park uh, one year with my sister. Whoopie do! When we were leaving the park. Bruce Springsteen was playing there, and I could hear him from the parking lot. Oh, I thought you were going to say you, like, ran into Bruce Springsteen. That was the worst story ever. (laughs) No, no, no. I heard him as I was leaving. Yeah, that's exactly what happened, Robbie. (laughs) That's Bruce. I know. I'm just reiterating the bad story. (laughs) Yeah, that's, well, you did a better job telling it than I did. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, Lastly, I have some honorable mentions. Basically, for anybody who had I'll Be Watching You by The Police or James Blunt's You're Beautiful played at their wedding. You know, considering it's all about aggressively stalking ex-girlfriends. Yes. You know, it's the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. James Blunt, uh, the, I think that he, that was like him witnessing somebody like high on coke, like stalking somebody's <laughs> yeah. other's girlfriend. It's like. It's fucking cr- I mean, even I'll be watching you by the police. He says that lyric a thousand times. Oh, yeah. Do if you, you don't understand? know that that song is about being stalked, then like, come it's, on. All of the, all of police's songs are actually about stalking. So it's like. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> Do you have any others? I have a few other oh. honorable mentions. Uh, if you're quick. Real you're quick. Okay. Minutes, so. We have Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant. We have uh, Feel Good Inc. by The Gorillas. Isn't She Lovely by Stevie Wonder. In the Air Tonight, Phil Collins. Everyone think that's about him witnessing murder when he really was just going on a, like... It, it wasn't murder. It was like him not saving somebody from drowning. Yeah, yeah. Like that. It's it was... not about that. It was about his divorce. But and his... He literally yeah. <laughs> ad-libbed most of it during the recording session. In the studio, he ad-libbed yeah. the whole fucking thing. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Great song. Great yep. song. Danny always airdrums to it. She's very good at it. She's so um, cool. Who Let the Dogs <laughs> Out by Baja Men. I was surprised you didn't do that one. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do that one. That's okay. It's about ugly ladies. Uh, it's not, though. Oh, it's not? No. I don't know. That oh, I don't know. So, I didn't look it up. So, okay. So, I also thought uh, Who Let the Dogs Out was about ugly girls. Oh, what's like it the, about? Like the dogs. It's not. It's about... It's like a, it's a pro, they said it was a pro-feminist anti-catcalling song. Wonderful. Because if you listen to the lyrics, it's about guys like, like saying like something about the girls and then that the girls saying who let the dogs out, like guys are the dogs. Oh, I get it. Catcalling them. And which I didn't know. I was like, oh, that makes sense now when you actually look at the lyrics. Yeah, I like it. Okay. I should have done that one. Wow. Robbie saved the day. Um, And then fire and rain from... James Taylor. No one cares about James Taylor. I love James Taylor. Fuck you. We're going to rate our beers real quick. Oh, yes. I drank Double Sunrise from Modest Man Brewing in Keene, New Hampshire. It is excellent. They do IPAs very well. They also do sours. Not too bad either. But IPAs, I think, is their thing. 
I'm going to give this like a 375. This is a very, very good juicy IPA. Double IPA at that. Um, I drank Psychedelic Love, Plethora of Fruit, Popsicle Style Sour Ale from Branch of Blade Brewing Company in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, 6% ABV. I don't think that I mentioned that at the beginning. You did not. Uh, well, there you have it. It is thick. It is fruity. It is sweet. And it is delicious. And I'm going to give it a 4.25 because I could sit and drink these for days and be so happy. I think you've given fours to your last two episodes, I did. I've had some really good beers recently. Hmm? I'm not drinking the junk beers in my fridge. You know what I mean? <laughs> no more garbage. No more garbage beers. I can go out in public now. Well, that just about wraps it up for this episode. If we missed any songs that you think have different meanings, let us know. You can find the Brew Interviews on our Instagram account at The Brew Interviews or on Twitter at Brew Interviews. You can also send us an email at thebrewinterviews at gmail.com or on Facebook under The Brew Interviews. And if you feel so inclined, you can head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash The Brew Interviews and become part of The Brew Interviews family just like these people. Hillary, Mitch, Steph, Karen, Danny, Jess, the Wreck My Podcast crew, and Kylie of the Golden Ghouls. Thank you very much for supporting the show also be sure to rate review and subscribe it really helps us out and i'd like to thank our sponsors shirts on tap and remember to use our promo code brew interviews all one word for ten dollars off your first month's box and adamandeve.com and using our promo code brew for you that's brew the number for you and get 50 percent off almost any one item and when you do you also get 10 free special gifts so get yourself something your loved one something and how about the show at the same exact time do it for the brew interviews I'm Robbie. And I'm Lauren. Good night. Good night. This has been The Brew Interviews, a podcast about craft beers coast to coast with Lauren and Robbie. Um, I've seen Woody's... Hey, my <laughs>